The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, uh, we are joined from the United States by Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College Dublin. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Pat. How's it going? It's going very well. Now, Luke, have you ever tried to do a crossword puzzle at bedtime and you're stumped by a clue and then you go to sleep and then you resume the next morning and bingo, you've solved the puzzle? The answer comes to you. Yeah, I've never done that. that no, but uh, but it's fascinating, isn't it? This, this is all about the mind and as we doze off and what happens in our minds. And, and the, the great news here for me is Paul Simon, who I guess you and I both love Paul Simon, reported that his new album came to him in a dream. An album called Seven Sams just came out and all of it came to him over the course of a few nights telling us that when we're dreaming, something very creative is happening in our minds. Um, that's all very well. I mean, you dream things and then is it prophetic or whatever? But you're a scientist. So the idea that you, you, it came to me in a dream doesn't really hold water. What's happening? It, it doesn't exactly, yes. Yeah. So something's happening. They reckon as we doze off, it's a state called hypnagogia. They call it, the dream scientists call this. Something happens in our minds that sort of our, our thoughts begin to clarify. And then we begin to get maybe thoughts about certain ideas, certain creative things are happening. They talk about a collective unconscious being revealed, some of the neuroscientists. You know? So it's a funny state to be in that seems to relax us in some way. And then, as you say, if you're looking to solve a problem, perhaps maybe the solution will come to you. Or, strangely, you go into this dreamlike state, you know, whatever that might mean. And then from those dreams then might come certain creative things. In Paul Simon's case, he says... When he was sort of dozing off, he said himself as he was dozing, that's when he began to dream, you know, the, the, the lyrics or the melody of a song came to him at that moment, you see. And it resonates with this, this idea of falling asleep and being creative. Are there any other musical artists who claim the same? There are, there are. Well, the most famous one of all, that was Paul McCartney, and you, you may have heard this before. He said yesterday, came to him in a dream. He woke up, the previous day he'd been working on a song, couldn't get there, you know, was a bit frustrated, went to bed, woke up in the night and had this dream of, of or dreamt the song yesterday, wrote it out, incomplete, he wrote the song, the melody and everything, you know, and he goes into the studio that morning and he says to people, surely this song was written by someone else, it was so familiar to him, you know, and then they all, George Martin said, no, no, you, this is your song, incredibly, so he says that he was, he was blessed and it came to him in a dream, so he must have went into this hypnagogy estate, and then, you know, the melody and the lyric came to him. The other one I like, Pat, is uh, um, Keith Richard and Satisfaction. He says the riff for that came to him in a dream as well. And then Christine McVie, she famously said um, the song Songbird, Fleetwood Mac, uh, that came to her in a dream too. So a fair few artists have said they wake up and they have the song, you know, and they record it or write it down in some way. And there, there's the song fully formed in a way. And Christine McVie claimed that she woke up with this song and then she didn't dare go to sleep again. <laughs> <laughs> in yeah. case she forgot it. Yeah. Yeah, they all say that. They say you've got to try, if you fall asleep again, the dream might dissipate. In this case, the song might dissipate, you see. So the trick was, when, when you have it, write it down, learn it. She spent the whole night then learning it, you know, and then again went in and recorded it immediately. Otherwise, it might, it might fritter away. as it is. It's a very transient thing, this creative process, I guess, following dreaming. Uh, and Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees uh, said, you win again, came to him yeah, another in his one. sleep. Yeah, that's right. So, OK, that's, if you like, the anecdotal stuff. What about the science? Yeah, that's what got me. I'm, I'm over in the US at the moment. I came across this. So, so this is very clever. Uh, it's dream scientists at MIT in Boston. They put a glove on people's hands, right? And the globe was able to register when the people were going into this hypnagogy estate. And as they entered it, they said, think about trees. They told them, think about trees. They woke them up five minutes later, and every one of them said that they dream about trees. 
So in other words, as you go into this state, you can be suggested to think certain things, and then the dream will come to you. you know? And it was a, a nice experiment, Pat, because they'd ones who were, again, with the glove on, but weren't told to, dream, to think about trees. And they didn't have any dreams about trees. And it was only the ones who were suggested to think about trees. Then they, when they woke up, they said, oh, I had a fantastic dream about trees. So it looks as if you can suggest things to people as they go into this hypnagogy estate, and then they will dream about them, or perhaps, as we were saying, solve a problem, whatever. So in other words, it was really good evidence that something's happening at that phase of sleep, which makes us creative, in this case, makes us dream about something. Okay, now, then they got creative themselves in trying to figure out how creative people might be um, when they're in this state. How did they go about that? They did. So they told, they told all the people, and either the ones who were said to think about trees and the ones who weren't, and then a control group who hadn't been asleep at all, to write an essay about trees, right? And the ones who had the dream, their essays were rated much more highly in terms of creativity. They were given a higher creative score. They got 78% on this creativity score, whereas the ones who hadn't been told to dream about trees had a much lower creative score. So it looks as if the dreaming process made them much more creative when they were asked to write an essay, in this case, about trees. They use a thing called semantic distance, but there's a great phrase for you. So if you put, if you put a word in a sentence like trees and leaves, they're very similar. But if you, if you link a, a word like trees to a giant, and some of them had, one of them had a dream about giants eating trees, that's a, that's a very different two words to put together, and, and that was deemed much more creative. So it looks as if the suggestion to dream about trees made the people much more creative when they woke up, and that was a really interesting thing. And again, the science was strong, because all of them, wrote much better essays on trees if they were told to dream about trees. So it does seem to work in terms of getting people to be more creative. Okay, so if it was suggested to you and you had a a dream about trees, then your essay becomes very creative. And the idea being that if someone's writing about leaves, well, leaves and trees are very closely related, but um, thinking of a tree as a a giant's toothpick is very creative indeed. And that's, that was it, exactly. you know, toothpick and tree are not very closely related in my mind anyway. That's exactly right. That's called semantic distance, they call that. And all the ones who had the dream wrote a much more creative essay in terms of mixing words up that wouldn't normally be mixed up. What strikes me, Pat, is is this like chat GPT in a way, you know, it's almost like as if you can get a computer to be creative by programming in semantic distance. But these were, these were obviously humans who could write much more creative essays if they were told to dream about trees. And then what got me as well at reading that part, uh, Salvador Dali, the famous artist, he famously said he would wake himself up in the night and then would paint a fantastic painting if he had a dream about it at that phase of his sleep, you see. So, so certain artists have known for a while that at that, that phase of sleep, something creative is happening in their brains, and then they can be much more creative then when, when they wake up and do their art, in the case of Salvador Dali, as a painter. Now, it's all very well writing songs and painting pictures or even inventing telephones in the case of Thomas Edison. Um, but can you use it in any kind of a therapeutic way? You can, yes. Yeah. So the, the immediate application is, let's say you have this glove on your hand and you're, you're dozing off. What if you're, someone says to you something about uh, a traumatic thing that's happened to you? As, you? as you fall asleep, then your brain might process that a bit better, you know? And then for PTSD is the big idea there, that if someone is suffering from PTSD, you might be able to suggest things to them as they go into the hypnagogy estate, and that will help them sort out the thoughts, you see, about that that traumatic event. And now they're testing this on people with PTSD to see if they can help them process those traumatic thoughts as they fall asleep and then maybe do better then, you know, in terms of handling them. And the other one, Pat, is problem solving. It's a strange one. So if you as you said, if it's just a crossword clue to someone as they doze off, say, or there's some problem in their lives, you might suggest a solution as they fall asleep, and then they might wake up with a creative solution to the problem, you see. So there could be really practical applications to help people in this way. 
Well, it is extraordinary how many of our listeners now will telephone us or t- WhatsApp us or text us to tell us uh, of their dreams and how their life changed after uh, a dream. I'm just wondering, finally, whether this is related in any way to the hypnotic state. It is. So, yeah, very similar. Yeah, Hypnotists kind of put you into this hypnagogia state anyway, you know. They kind of make the person sort of go doze a bit and drift off, you know, and then can suggest things to them. And it is just like as if they're having a dream, I suppose. You know, when a hypnotist would say to someone, you've lost something, go and find it, and people go looking around the room for something. That, that's probably similar. So in other words, you're in a highly suggestive state at this phase of sleep, and that, that can affect you in all mm-hmm. kinds of ways. So I reckon hypnotism is in the, sa- in the same area, really. Yeah, I'm amazed at hypnotism. The fact that um, children particularly, and maybe adults too, can be hypnotized by a dentist, and they don't need any anesthesia to have a tooth out. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's mind over matter in many ways. And that phase of sleep is the place to access, to help people in various ways. And that's another good, good example of it. Things are more weird and wonderful than we ever imagined. Uh, Luke O'Neill in Texas, thank you very much for joining us on the programme. Thanks very much, Pat. All the best. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.